Hi, my name is Chris Brennan, and you're listening to the Astrology Podcast. This is episode 256, and I'll be talking with astrologers Laura Nalbandian and Nicholas Polamanakis about the recent Northwest Astrological Conference, which occurred this past weekend, which was, for the first time in its 36-year history, moved from an entirely in-person conference to an entirely online conference. Uh, so, hey guys, thanks for thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having us. Appreciate Hello, Chris. it. Yep. Yeah, you guys have had a long uh, couple of months getting getting ready for this thing, but you finally reached the endpoint, and you actually somehow, in a, I believe, like a two month time span, maybe three month, pulled off successfully an online astrological conference with hundreds of astrologers attending from around the world. And I just wanted to talk to you about what that experience is like. Um, right now, I'm sure you're you're both pretty exhausted from running that, but it seems like it was a success, right? Oh gosh. Um, better than I could have even imagined. Uh, you know, I had a lot of hope, but no real experience with uh, a virtual conference online platform. I mean, I teach online, that's one thing, but running mm -hmm. a multi-layered major astrological conference with six breakouts going at the same time was not something I had ever done before, and the technology was all new to me. And so when, yeah, it was a, it was probably, I'm trying to think, it was probably late March that I made the decision. Okay, and this is something. So just to give people some background for those that aren't familiar with the conference, this is the this was going to be the thirty sixth Norwak, and the first one happened way back in nineteen eighty four. Uh, and it was actually started by your mother, and it's been a, a family-run conference that entire time, right? Absolutely. Yes, my mother started it in 1984. Um, I would have been 25 years old. Um, and it has been a mainstay, and it has been run by our family. So I became my mother's business partner for Norwalk probably in probably somewhere in the early 90s and took on a uh, partnership position with her, us doing it together, and then increasingly took on more and more responsibilities, speaker um, selections, uh, lecture selections, uh, contract negotiations, all of that. And uh, probably as we get closer into the 2010s, I'm taking on more and more. And then as mom's condition worsens, uh, I'm taking over the whole thing. So I was pretty much taking, and she was pretty much retired, and I was pretty, I was doing pretty much the whole thing anyway. With her advice, and then her condition declined, and and I was so here I am. I've been pretty much running it for a while, even with mom alive. I was running most of it. So, in nineteen ninety four, uh, so you're uh, Saturn in Capricorn, right? So was that part of your like Saturn return story? Was starting to become a partner with her in the family business? Well, my Saturn return was nineteen eighty eight. Saturn return in, in Capricorn for me, yeah. Okay. It's one degree. My uh, Saturn return, I would have been 29 in 1988. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was Uranus. I think Neptune hit first, the Uranus hit, and then Saturn hit mm. uh, in 88. Um, in 94, that's another six years later. So, I mean, it's closing in on the Saturn square, but it wouldn't have quite reached there yet. There was a lot mm. of things going on. 
a lot of transits. You had that um, pile up in Capricorn back in, you know, the early 90s into possibly even 94 that would have gone over. So my earliest planet in Capricorn is one, that's Saturn, mm-hmm. and then Mercury at 10, and then the sun at 27. So it spanned yeah, quite I, a bit of tr- – go ahead. I think I was uh, mixing up the uh, Uranus-Neptune conjunction that would occurred around like the 1992, yes. 93-94 time frame that yes. was in Capricorn with yes. Saturn return, which is not necessarily the same thing. Um, and just to bring uh, Nicholas in, and you were originally uh, a student of Laura's, right? But then you started working the conference, and you've worked with the bookstore and also helped with recordings over the years for the in-person conference. Correct. Um, I, You know, I still can't remember the moment or how I found Laura. I, okay. I, for some reason, I think of a bulletin board in the grocery store or something. I don't know if you. I never put some... stuff up on a bulletin yeah, board in a grocery store. That's, I don't know how that's it interesting. happened. I don't know how I found you, but I wasn't it like ninety seven. Um, it could have been fourteen years ago. Yeah, I, I actually, to be honest, um, but yeah, you know, end up being a student of Laura's and being in, in class at the house and numerous students on the couch, basically. And cool thing about Laura, many cool things was, um, you know, there's times she would come or we'd come to class and she'd have a stack of books to, just to give away. And, you know, some people were on the books. I was always on the books. I you were always like, on the books. <laughs> yeah, you're like, well, don't take them all, Nicholas. You know, like, okay, okay. Like, you know, uh, in particular, I remember like Robert Blatchkey's progression book. Just looking at it, I'm like, okay, what's this? So, you know, being in class and, and, and learning from Laura and so on and so forth, I think there was a time here when the conference was coming up. I had no idea about the conference, no idea about the Washington State Astrological Association that meets every month. I just was in Laura's house. So she talked about this conference that they do. You know, like, okay, whatever, you know, and I didn't have any money per se. And so uh, it was presented to be like, well, you could help out, like be a room monitor. And, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, that happened. And I didn't know anybody. And I did the room monitor thing. And, um, you know, that happened the next year. And it, I don't remember when exactly it went to the level of like then doing stuff with Greg, you know, as in helping Greg help the room monitors. Right. Right. So, you know, I don't remember which year, but it slowly progressed in that way. And then the bookstore and so on and so forth. And, and, and along the way, going to other conferences actually mm-hmm. and seeing how they're run and understanding and getting to know the, the whole community. Um, yeah. So over the years, it got to this place. Um, and then, you know, here we were this year and things shifted so fast, you know, with COVID. Exactly. Yeah. And and the thing is, is uh, I turned to Nicholas because of his experience with Tony Howard. You know, I knew that Nicholas had the experience that I really needed. I knew him well and <clears throat> know him well. So I felt comfortable working with him. So that's how Nicholas came on board, uh, helping to craft and shape social media, uh, helping to, I think, a lot in terms of the marketing, in terms of social media, did quite a bit of that. And just relying on him and and at times calling Tony for advice on technical elements, you know, what platforms to use for videos and this and that. So you know, the astrological community and those who have a lot of technical skills were very um, helpful in um, 
pushing Norwalk forward into this virtual platform because we really didn't have time. We really, I mean, it was all, it, it was once the, once the decision was made, it was like a runaway freight train that you just basically were on and you couldn't get off until it reached its conclusion. There was just no time to breathe, no time to, you know, there was just a lot of 3 a.m. waking up in the morning, freaking out about what have I done and why am I doing this? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. I actually will say I still feel like we're on the runaway freight train. And Chris, welcome aboard. Um, yeah, because well, we're still going here. There's still stuff happening behind the scenes um, post Norwalk. Yep. Yeah, it's always such a big production. Even the conference itself in a normal year is like a big undertaking that takes almost like a full year to prepare mm-hmm. for, right? Like yep. when did you start planning for this conference? Let's see, I would have started taking speaker submissions um, in June following last May. Would have made final decisions on speakers by August, except no later than August. Registration opened. Uh, we were going to open in October. And for those, <laughs> anyway, ESAR came out. I knew when they were launching their registration. So I, I moved my registration back and opened it mm. sooner. So, you know, that's just good business. Mm. So we got our registration open and it just flooded we were sold out of the in-person conference by late January, early February. Oh yeah, this was only like the second year, I think in its history, that Norwalk had completely sold out for the in-person conference. Correct. And we had a waiting list of 70 people. Wow. Okay. And we were, yeah, we were just getting ready to, uh, I was just getting ready to purchase, spend a couple of grand on new short throw projectors so that we could take up less real estate in the big ballroom and put mm. in probably 25, 30 more people. Okay. Um, but that all got kiboshed. Yeah. And in terms of timing, because it's an annual conference, it always takes place every year on Memorial Day weekend at the end of May, basically, right? So it's not like there's no real negotiating in terms of moving the dates or anything. You you always know it's going to be that three or four day period at the end end of May. Unless we know in advance that a major conference such as UWAC was going to happen on Memorial Day weekend. And then we have enough notice that I have leeway with the hotel to move it to another date. But I usually have three or four years of contracts already signed. I already know my dates. Uh, they're They're already done. So, mm. you know, our next year is Memorial Day weekend falls more squarely on the end of the month, something like the 27th through the 31st. Okay. Um, so in terms of when it, it was always going to be then, and it wasn't like you were going out of your way to pick this set of dates, that's just when it happens each year and you roll with it. And I'm sure there's some years that have like better astrological alignments <laughs> that weekend and like, you know, other, other years that, that don't. Yeah, there was a one Mercury in Pisces retrograde and one Mercury in Aries retrograde that were partic- particularly obnoxious, where we walked into the hotel and it was like we'd never been there before. The hotel like didn't even have anything set up the way they normally had it set up. It was all backwards and it had to be redone. And wow. it just it was just like, how long have we been coming here? So yeah, I mean, you you take what you get. When you're looking at that kind of weekend, there have been uh, there, our first Norwalk was not on Memorial Day. It was in March 
and we've had some on Easter. We've had them in April. We've had them in March. Uh, but when we landed on Memorial Day weekend, that is the one that has been the majority of our 36 years have been on Memorial Day weekend. I like the fact that it's, in a sense, not elected. You yeah, know, me th- too. I, is there something about it? Because I, if I think about the years I've been, there's been a, t- a bunch of Mercury retrogrades during it. And, you know, you look at it and like, oh, here we go, especially mm-hmm. from the point of view of like Greg and I, whatever we're doing with tech stuff. <laughs> so it's like, it's this thing. It's it's almost a running joke. And, and you know, but I, I kind of like that, that it is, you know, on the same weekend every year, you know, besides the UAC years. But even this year, if you were looking at, at the transits, what's going on, right? Certain things and and, and Venus retrograde yeah. and, and Neptune's involved. Um, you know, there's a lot of mutability going on. I, I will say, coming into this, knowing my own personal chart, I was kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm sweating this a little bit, you know, transit wise. But at the same time, it's Memorial Day weekend. It's always here to just deal with it. And yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. It's uh, look the the transits are the transits, but I'm I'm I actually don't overly focus on them, the chart itself of the current um, conference, because it's going to be what it's going to be. And if I do the best I can stay present, focused on what I know to do, and that I have a long history of doing, then everything will be fine. And it usually is. Right. That's almost a really good lesson to take from it when you have something like that, where you can't control it necessarily. You just do your best and Mm -hmm. You can observe the chart and like make notes from that or learn things from it, but that's not otherwise the point is not to try to avoid something per se, but to roll with it. And, and this year, more than any other year, must have been a great demonstration of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had looked at my solar return and knew something was coming. I did not know what. I thought it was all in my personal life and not in my business life. And mm. uh, this came along and I really wasn't. In January and February, I January not at all was not cluing in. February started getting the inklings, right? And then we hit March, and I'm like, oh my gosh! Now I'm calling the hotel, I'm getting information. What's the deal? What's my cancellation policy? How much will I owe you? Um, what's the attrition? Yada yada yada, and then panic starts setting in. Right. So what was that process like? So that's basically in the middle of March is when the entire US just goes on lockdown and it becomes clear that an in-person conference is not going to happen. So at that point, obviously you panic, you start calling the hotel. What's the sequence of events? Well, I call the hotel and I first get the salesperson who's really not in the know. And so he kind of delivers some, I've been with this hotel 20 plus years, maybe 25 so I know everyone, but I don't know this guy very well. I've only Which met him once. Which is one of the benefits of Norwalk is it's always at the same hotel that's not far from the airport, and it creates this kind of familiar, like home-like environment. And in addition to the fact that it's a family-run conference, not just that's been handed over from your mother to you, but also your brother Greg runs the bookstore, and your daughter and your son are often helping with registration and recordings. So there's this sense of every year coming back and like familiarity with it. Absolutely. So I have this relationship with them. I had both my parents' memorials in this uh, hotel. Uh, staff came to both my parents' memorials that were there. 
I had my 40th birthday celebration in the suite upstairs. They let me have it for my 40th birthday um, oh so many years ago. So there's a connection I have with them. And so I end up talking to this guy who uh, is not part of that history. And he said, well, you have um, your attrition is uh, right now, if you cancel, you're at 30 or 35% of your guarantee and you and your next rate bump up is in like it was like five days from then, okay. which was almost going to double the amount. So and then there was a you ahead. have to make like an agreement with the hotel that you're going to yep. fill up a certain number of hotel rooms mm-hmm. and there's and certain food. Oh, and food costs for in terms of the banquets and how many people will be there. And you have to promise that those people will be there and pay for meals or rooms. Otherwise, you have to pay. Otherwise, like I have percentage. to pay it. Right. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. So that's that cancellation clause that says if you cancel within a certain frame, you have to pay 30% of the overall expected um, revenue that they were expecting based on the contract. And that's why you have to walk very carefully with your guarantees. And if you overpromise and something like this happens, then you're in a world of hurt. Right. Yeah. So, so I was, um, frankly freaking out and, um, I then decided to call the general manager who I knew I've, I've known him for years. And I said, Jim, what's the deal? You know, w- um, and they were, you know, they were hurting a world of hurt, though it's a Hilton sure. brand. It's a privately owned hotel and they were just hurting bad. Uh, and so we did a lot of talking and he extended my decision date for me that gave me breathing room. We wanted to get closer to the end of March or get past where we were to see what was happening. They were not going to cancel my contract. They were not going to let me out of it, even though we had a long history so there was uh, no like disaster clause like the ESAR, but but this didn't wasn't covered or wh- why force, weren't they letting it's you out? Called, of it? It's called force majeure mm-hmm. in any contract. In order for force majeure to hold, the government, whether it's city, county, state, or federal, puts into place an order or uh, some kind of uh, whatever order that says you cannot meet. Now, at that mm-hmm. point, that order only went to May 4th. Okay, so it fell just short? It did. And so if I held out and did not cancel and was hoping for force majeure, the conference was never going to happen, right? We knew that. Right. And so they were trying to get me to move it to a different date, which wasn't going to work. So basically, they came back and said, we've offered you alternate dates. Since you have not taken any of those alternate dates you are still bound by your contract. We are not, we do not know whether we will be in a state of force majeure by the time your conference happens. So I ran the risk of, you know, a bigger amount if I waited to make the choice. And then I was caught in limbo. Do I, what do I do? So I uh, came back to the hotel and on a phone call at the date we had suggested, I talked to the hotel general manager and the senior uh, salesperson, and they offered me half of the early attrition and as a dollar amount. And in order not to prolong it, I just took it. I'm that type of person. I got to move on. 
right? So and you, I, you took a financial hit, but it I wasn't. Did. It was big and and considerable, but not yes. as big as it could have been, or if you, right. especially if you waited longer. Correct. It would have been would have been three times higher than uh, the amount I was owing. Uh, that they cut in half, not the three times higher than the amount I paid. That would have been the amount I would have paid at the end if I had waited would have been six times higher than the amount I paid because it was cut in half. So um, I I'm I have Saturn in the fifth, people. I'm not a gambler. Sure. I'm just I'm just not. And so I had to make a decision, um, pay the money. I figured if um, Norwak could limp through, make it, pay that, you know, at least pay back that um, penalty uh, and then make a little because it is my living. I'm not a, a consulting astrologer. I don't do readings for a living. I do them periodically, but it's not how I make my living. I make my living running Norwak. So, right. And you've had uh, a history of organizing not just Norwak, but also other conferences like the last United Astrology Conference and another one years before that and other regional yeah. conferences. So this has been your primary thing mm -hmm. for a while now? Yeah, it has. So, uh, you know, the threat of having no income, uh, the threat of not having enough money to finance Norwalk next year, that was all looming. It was very, very stressful. The feeling of letting down the legacy by canceling it um, and not having an in-person conference um, not knowing how a virtual conference would look, and I just leapt. I I just took that leap of faith and went. And I said, We're, "We have we have to do it. We have I have no other choice. We have to I have to pull this off somehow." So that's late. That's late March. I've got from late March to to May. So it was less than two months. We pulled this off. And can we? Do you mind if we share your chart? Just because you were having some like amazing no. transits no, the ahead. past few months that were very descriptive and illustrative <laughs> of all of this. Um, mm -hmm. Let me. What house system do you normally use? I use Porphyry. Porphyry. Okay. Let me mm -hmm. cast a chart with Porphyry. Um, Although in every other house system, it doesn't change except for whole sign houses. <laughs> Right. I came okay. into your class using a Placidus, and we were having a running back and forth argument for months because you <laughs> tell me, no, Porphyry, Porphyry. And then my Pluto switched or something, and then it, it all connected. <laughs> I started using Porphyry. I am a whole sign house user, too. Yeah. So. I just don't, uh, from, a, from an evolutionary point of view, whole sign houses just doesn't do it for me. I can see whole sign houses certainly in um, certain uh, ways of looking at my chart, but from the evolutionary point of view, uh, I do not. So, Right, because in terms of evolutionary, you that was something we talked about and I meant to mention earlier. Uh, we did a profile in episode 75 of the Astrology po Podcast was the last time you were on, and we did a profile um, with Gary Lorenzen about right. your mom, Maggie Nalbandian, and part of the interesting story surrounding that was her starting an astrology bookstore called Astrology at All in Seattle. And that was actually what preceded Norwak. But you got in kind of at the ground level of evolutionary astrology because one of the in-house astrologers at Astrology at All was um the Jeffrey founder Green. of that was Jeffrey Jeffrey Wolf Green. Mm -hmm. So and and that's funny because you your then experience of that was different because you grew up around the bookstore and, and Jeffrey was just like the astrologer, one of the astrologers yeah. around around there. Yeah. I mean, okay. he's, you know, like an older brother to me. So Sure. 
you know, that, that, that's the environment we were in. It was a magical environment. I, yeah, I was totally, I, totally blessed. Totally. I can imagine. Um, so here's your chart. Uh, one of the things I was just thinking about in, when you're describing all of this was just Uranus stationing earlier in Taurus earlier this year and then starting in January, I believe, and then started to move forward. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just been going over like your whole midheaven and <laughs> other placements there. And it seems like the unexpectedness and like the disruption from your normal yearly, like annual. You know, thing was a large part of that transit. Yeah, you know, I see myself that midheaven and that moon in Taurus and that Mars in Taurus. You know, I like I, I the analogy I use for myself is, um, you know, the horse to the field, the horse to the barn, the horse to the field, the horse to the barn. I like my consistency. You know, going to the mm -hmm. pasture, I know where I'm going. There's familiarity, there's comfortability. Then back to my little place in the barn and my little stall. I like that. And sure. so, you know, 20, 20 some odd years of going to the same hotel, you know, we change things up some because I do like that. But there's this consistency through the whole thing. And all of a sudden, that's not happening. Right. Right. So it's like, oh my gosh. You know, and that that Uranus uh, triggered off my midheaven back in uh, 2018 when I was right at the height of, as we were doing the UAC 2018 conference, that was that May of uh, 2018 in Chicago. So Uranus got as close as it was going to get at that point um, and then backed away, but it certainly triggered some things off. It was a wild ride. And uh Basically, it's just you know all the Earth in my chart has had to get over itself and and uh, become more adaptable. Right. So your your midheaven's at five degrees of Taurus, and you're in a mm -hmm. stationed at two degrees of Taurus in January, and then um, yeah, it's at like what eight, eight degrees now. So it was basically yeah. just going over that whole the mm -hmm. whole degree or range of degrees over the past few months. As you're not just having this unexpected disruption, but it's actually kind of funny, like how much you had to then throw yourself into dealing with new technologies, and that's partially where where Nicholas comes in, because luckily you had a good friend who had some experience um, in that area. Um, when did you guys start talking, like in in March, about this? It would have been right away. I think I I think I pretty much called you right away and said I want to hire you, and you were like yes. Yeah, like I'll and do whatever it takes. Yeah. I told yeah. you, I remember. I go, whatever it takes, Laura, we'll, we'll do this. You know, because even the week before when we were talking personally, you know, within your family, certain things, mm -hmm. you know, there's a honestly a more mourning. Yes, there was Just tears. We were, man, there's tears. You know? Yeah, it, it's, it's I was, shocking. So, it was. It was yeah. sad because I I did feel like I was letting Norwalk down. I felt like I was letting Mom down. I felt like you know, here it was on my watch and the burden of it on my shoulders. And, you know, this isn't life or death. I, I'm not going to equate it with what people are experiencing. But there is, when you're emotionally invested in something, and something like this that is, has a lineage to your mother, to my mother, who I was very, very close with, to and being a Capricorn who shoulders responsibilities in a very serious way, and sometimes disproportionately so, maybe in a, even inappropriately so, to take on responsibilities that aren't mine. And things were beyond my control. And so um, what could I do to then salvage uh, the situation? And it was, 
you know, I can name the people that help me. You know, I have the organize, I have the organizer's brain and I have the fortitude and determination of that Taurus on the midheaven that will push itself to all limits to get something taken care of, right? But, you know, it is Nicholas and my brother and um, Steve Wolfson, who did the website, who was and is brilliant, who came up with all kinds of creative solutions of things that I didn't even know, and Tony Howard, who gave me advice. So those those are the four big ones that really were there for the technology side of things that uh, made this thing happen. And just being caring, kind people who supported me and uh, knew how important this was to me and to my family and had been connected to my family enough that it meant something to them. You know, I'll tell you on a on a personal level, you know, you know, I've been working with Tony Howard, Astrology University, just doing some basic stuff and learning along the way. I mean, a lot of it's just social media posting and stuff that happens with our webinars. And, you know, by doing that, you, you learn things, you pick up on things. But even before that, in my world, I've always already planning to do my own types of live streams uh, within the music world because I'm friends with a lot of musicians. I've had plans to do my own channel, acquiring equipment along the way, knowledge, learning, so on and so forth. And it's just, it, you know, on a sidetrack with other projects, but it felt like to me in my world that the last two years of my life, the stuff that I was learning along the way and researching was actually for this. I just didn't know it. Uh, <laughs> this, 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 and, and for another that's project awesome. that's happened at the same time of this, mm-hmm. because I'm doing a major live stream project with music and multicasting with music. So everything, as soon as the COVID thing has happened and, you know, and the next thing you know, Laura and I are talking here it is. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. And it, it's just, not odd, but it just flowed that way for me. Synchronicity. Yeah. That, you, that, you and I had a lot of conversations about live streaming and astrologers needing to take advantage of that more. And I think you gave me my first capture card a few years ago when I was starting to do video in order to to do more things like this um, well, to get high me, quality video. Listen, since we're here and then let's just say it out loud how that happened really quick because this is connected to Norwalk. Because several years ago, whenever it was, I had my laptop and a bunch of things stolen out of my car oh, at Norwalk. Right. Okay, so that would just wrecked me. And the next day, the next day, you know, it was the Saturday night it happened. And the next day was Sunday. You know, I was just, just keep going. I got to show up. I just, it just crushed me. I, a lot of information. I lost some, you know, back up your stuff, folks, because I lost some stuff. So anyway, um, the next day I was coming through in the morning and Greg was like, come here. And it was over people who know the hotel where people have breakfast. And I was like, what, what? And he's like, come here, come here. And I'm like, what? And because when he already does that, I'm like, we're always playing jokes on each other. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, what are you, what are you up to? <laughs> so I go over there and, and I think it was, it was Demetra and Lisa and it was you, Chris. And, and, you know, come over. And then basically not a lot of people know this, but that was the year that Chris's book came out and it was in the bookstore and it did so well, Chris, we sold your books. It was a huge year for you. And, you know, we got to the point of conversation and you said, Nicholas, um, I'm going to give you part of my book sales to help you recover, right? And I'm like, no, dude, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I don't do that. I don't let anybody do that for me. I got a crazy sense of pride, you know? I, I just do. So, but I was like, no, 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 no. And then Greg's looking at me, he's like, dude, come on, man. You got you have to accept this. You have to accept this. 
And, you know, it's all quiet. I'm looking at everybody at the table. Demetrius staring right at me. What am I going to say to her? Like, no to Demetra, no to Lisa, no to Chris. Like, and I accepted it. You know, it, it's to be part of Norwalk, how I ended up there in my journey and, and, and then being a room monitor and, and, and helping on the bookstore and, and then all the people that I've met over the years. And I've always made it a point to the new people that walk through the door. It's not my job. It's not my title. It's just I can't help it. That I always say what's up to them. Like, who are you? What's up? Where are you from? I don't care what kind of astrology you do, whatever. I just welcome because I know what it is. We all know what it is to walk alone at some point in our life in our astrology journey. We're walking alone. And you're like, where's my crew? You know, so right. saying all that, you know, that moment there, I just, it hit me. Like, accept it. You know, so I did. And, and the next day was Memorial Day, so on and so forth. And it, it just so worked out. Like, I think uh, Lisa and Chris were like, we're going into town. We're going to hit Pike Place Market. I'm like, I'll pick you up and go arrive. I'll meet you. Come on, you know, let, let's go hang out, you know. And so part of what happened there, too, I just it just popped in my brain that night. And I was like, I'm going to, I had a capture card <laughs> I brought to what? you. I'm sorry, what is right. a capture card? Oh, it's like um, something that connects like a nicer camera to your computer if you want to go above doing just a webcam. Okay. Uh, so it was kind of instrumental in like moving into the next realm of doing audio and video with the podcast, basically. Okay. Yeah. But he happened so, to give it to me. Yeah. So basically the next day, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I can't completely accept something. I feel like I have to reciprocate. That's just who I am. But it just made sense. I followed it. I go, hey, Chris, you know, take this capture card, you know, it just, just is. We had a beautiful lunch. So on and so forth. So um, to go back to your capture card thing, by the way, and yeah. technology and how we start talking about this and to come to now, you know, and in, into this moment and all of a sudden we have COVID and there's this thing and Laura's calling me to do it. And I'm like, whatever it takes, you know, and, and for there, from that moment, I'm like, okay, I think you can do this. We don't know what's going to happen, how it's going to form itself. But one thing I could say about myself and actually, you know, the family, it's like being around the Nalbandian family and Marcella, you know, we're all pretty good at with going with the flow. And we're all used to being with each other at the conferences and dealing with each other's quirks and our emotional places and knowing how to hold space for each other when things are heavy. We've had experience doing this in person at the conference. So yeah. here we are in this, it's a new thing. So there's a there's the thing of trust. You could trust people. And I, I know I trust Laura and Laura could trust me, that type of thing. And that's the only way you could pull something like this off. And there we were, all seven of us in my house, you know, in different locations in the house. And, you know, for four days, I mean, they didn't stay overnight. They went home each day. But still, that's a, you're not roaming around the hotel and being able to go up to your room and take space. And so there that was. But we did great. We yeah, did, I mean, yeah. that's part of the family dynamic of Norwalk. Um, like when you had that crisis, Nicholas, where somebody broke into your car, like in the middle of the conference, like everybody felt bad and wanted to make it right because nobody no one member of the family should have some Dude, something mark jones bad. mark jones came up to me the next day and he's like taking money out of his wallet you know i i had other stuff that happened to me afterwards you know where it was just like i had it hit, hit me i knew it before but it just hit me in a deeper way like this is my crew this is my family you know yeah. and and i mm -hmm. think you know it's the most in my mind in my view of Norwalk and my participation in it, it's the number one thing. It always it has been. It is. It is. And, and, and I think people feel that. It's not fake. It's real. 
it has me it part of it has and to do it's with messy that. sometimes it's yeah it's messy <laughs> stuff goes down we're all concentrated right. in this hotel this funny hotel that gives you warm chocolate chip cookies you know there's all these funny quirky things but the, it contributes to the space you know there's people working there the hotel the, the bartender we know, you the know the bartender, yeah. The, the the and everybody who comes through for the most part, you know, contributes to that. And and, and you know, and I'll say it, it felt that way this weekend, this past yeah. weekend. Yeah. I it mean, and did. that was part of that was part of what happened is another crisis happened, but then it seemed like different members of that family or that crew kind of stepped up in order to do what was necessary to still make make it happen because it was important to everyone. Yeah, I I think that All right, so once we once I knew the mechanism, right? Once I knew the mechanism of how this thing was going to happen, then my next level of concern, I and think what that was, was the always, mechanism. The mechanism was okay, we're going to use Zoom. Okay. We're going to have seven computers, six for the breakouts, one for the main room. We've got this website platform we're going to use, Restricted Content Pro. It does a lot of things. We're going to use that. So those basic technical elements. We were working on what kind of other equipment we needed and running, you know, I upgraded my internet to a gig. We ran hard lines for all the computers, Cat6. Um, so we had all that in place. We knew, right? And we rehearsed. So the underlying, I think the underlying fear that I didn't have time to face but once I knew the mechanisms were in place to have the conference happen, it surfaced. And that was, how in the heck are we going to create the environment that is so unique to Norwalk? How are we going to do that? Right. You know, without sense that. sense of community. Yeah. How are we going to do that without hugging each other and having the space to hang out and chat? So. So it was like from the very beginning, I was like, I got to have ways that people can connect, right? So let's leave the chat room. Let's leave the rooms open. Let's have one of the seventh computer when it's not being used for the main ballroom. Let's have people chat there. Let's support other mechanisms and platforms for people to connect on, whether that's Google Hangout or whatever it might be that people were finding. And so... um so my goal was to bring forward into the virtual space as much of Norwalk as I could. So part of that was the virtual vendors. Now, they didn't do as well as they would have done at a normal conference, but they got advertising to uh, as many eyes as possible as they could. Uh, they did have people come into their rooms and they did have some sales, which is all good. But you know, we, we, we really tried to get them to support, get the attendees to support the vendors more actively. Uh, so we wanted to have a trade show uh, and we wanted to have places for people to gather. We wanted to have our traditional opening ceremony with creating of sacred space. And we wanted to have our traditional closing ceremony with the closing of the circle. So I knew those are the things that we wanted to have. And then I decided I was going to do um, a week's worth of orientations, meaning send out an email, set up the Zoom orientation, get as many people into the Zoom orientations, which by the way, only ended up being maybe, I don't know, maybe a third to, wasn't a half for sure, but it was 
possibly if between a third and a half. So maybe two thirds. That's of higher. the so, attendees. Yeah, of the attendees coming through the the orientations. And what I asked my veteran attendees to do was to serve as ambassadors, hmm. to serve as ambassadors and to reach out to new people that they didn't know. I asked new people to stretch beyond their limits and introduce themselves to other people. And so we, we, I worked very hard at fostering the environment where connection could happen because that's our motto is where connections can happen. Yeah. And one of the things I love about that, that Lisa mentioned, Lisa Shine mentioned to me this weekend during Norwalk that she had heard from Nicholas and that Nicholas, you had heard from Laura from your interview that you did as a promo video on the Norwalk YouTube channel was you were talking about the very first chart for Norwalk and how that very first chart still seems to be operative in some ways. Yeah, it does. Um, and if you if you pull it up, what I saw that I just thought was brilliant was that the ascendant for the very first Norwalk, so the chart is March 23rd, 1984, starting at 12.45 p.m. in Seattle, Washington, and it has one, one degree of Leo rising, and so the descendant is at one degree of Aquarius, and that's exactly where Saturn stationed retrograde uh, this month in the middle of May. So the chart for Norwalk in some way was having a Saturn transit right over its descendant in Aquarius, which is both appropriate in terms of um, you know, having a year in the history of the conference where everybody still is able to get together but has this sense of separation and not being able to be there in person, uh, but also just this general Saturn and Aquarius theme of trying to connect people even though we're um, separated due to the quarantines and everything else. Right. And and from a modern point of view, you're looking at that Saturn as it hit that, come back to square Pluto, which is the modern ruler of the fourth. And so in some ways we ended up doing the conference at home. Mm, right. You know, it's, it's like <laughs> Right. From all our homes. <laughs> So, you know, it was, uh, I would say Friday was a pretty stressful day. Thursday's pre-conference, pre-pre-conference was very smooth. The Friday was um, pretty challenging because of my, I I didn't know what I didn't know. And that's a truism of pretty much everything. You don't know what you don't know, right? You just have to do it. And you can't, there's no way to know until you've done it and failed and then- You'll yep. get another chance at some yeah. point in the future. But. Yeah, I was trying to do too much, so I I had to delegate uh, one of my tasks away so that I could focus on support calls. People freaking out; they couldn't get in, they couldn't make their um, their passwords work. They didn't know how to do blah blah. blah. You know, and I'm on the phone with uh, Steve Wolfson and on the phone with them and emails are coming in faster than I've ever seen them. And I've got people talking in one ear and somebody talking in the other and the phone ringing. It was nuts. Wow. Reminded me of that first day of UAC 2018 where I was being pulled in five different directions. It was like, yeah. And let me show the chart for that. So this is the chart for the opening of this year's Norwalk, which opened on um, Friday, May 22nd, 2020 at 12.45 p.m. in Seattle, Washington with early Virgo rising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that early Virgo rising. When we morphed out of, we left our Leo rising charts behind and came into the mutable cross uh, 
that was really a shift. Um, but I think, you know, my, my natal sun sits right there at 27 Capricorn and, mm. you know, there is Saturn on one side and Jupiter on the other. So Jupiter's pushing from behind and Saturn's in the front saying, slow down, sister, slow down. <laughs> right. You know, you know, I have a 20 degree Gemini sun. I have a two wow. degree Aquarius moon. Um, the charts just lit for me. Mm -hmm. Um, just in general right now, but I just I haven't looked at this chart actually. Uh I didn't think about the opening. I didn't, you know, we're too busy, but I'm looking <laughs> at it now and it's it's yeah, Neptune's right there too. So huge for me. Yeah. yeah. So the first day was a little rough and you were trying to do <laughs> a little too much on your own. Uh, and it looks like that was the day of the moon Mars square, but yeah. you realized pretty quickly that you needed to delegate responsibility more. And yes. in doing so, things ran more smoothly the next couple oh, of days. Without question, they ran more smoothly. So um, Aaron's partner, Whitney, stepped in. She had already been rehearsing with us, and she was originally going to take on the task of just hanging out in the ballroom and monitoring chat and helping people and answering questions and possibly picking up the phone and answering that. But I realized the phone questions are highly technical. I need the back end of the website. I know what I'm looking at. And it was like, look, she can take the room. She can take the room I was hosting. And I shouldn't have, I should never have been on that room to begin with. But, you know, we have a stay home order here in Seattle with no more than 10 gatherings. So, Mm. I was trying to keep the number down, but when I realized, you know, what we can do without, we can all share the duty of watching the Northwest Ballroom when we need to, and what I really need to do is get Whitney on the room that I was running and free me up to uh, do other things, which were absolutely necessary. You know, right. can I say something here to this point here? Because sure, it's about you know, you're talking about we're talking about technicalities and the timeline of things. And before that, we we're talking about just what Norwalk is family-wise. It's almost to me, we're not just us, we're, we're trying to do something new and, and trying to pull something off, but everybody's been doing something new before this because of COVID. Everyone's had to learn how to use Zoom or Google, whatever, whatever app. Mm -hmm. People who are not into the tech have had to figure it out. You know, So one thing I noticed, this weekend is yeah. There's like Laura's had to take a ton of stuff like this. You know, it's people sometimes people can't find an email, whatever. But I noticed though in the rooms because I was I saw some of you in the rooms that even within the weekend we're getting more and more proficient, and they were coming in with tools already before the conference. And I actually think that's contributed to the to the type of energy that was involved in people feeling connected because they've had to do their own kind of training to talk to whoever else in their life before the conference. Well, isn't that serendipitous, though? Yeah. Yeah. COVID set up in place for both things to occur. So the conference had to go viral. And because of COVID, people learned to use technology and they all met in the middle. I mean, that their use of technology leading into this brought them to the conference. What I find interesting, um, I was talking to Kelly Surtees this morning. It's a couple of things I find interesting. One is that People started bailing from the conference as soon as it went viral. We lost a, around 100 people. Yeah, that was a big concern. I mean, I was yeah. scared for you because I know that this is something you spend a year on and it's part of your livelihood. And I was really wondering like, if that was going to be the end of Norwalk, if everybody right. bailed 
you know, would it Norwalk happen again? They were just, it was just happening just by the numbers every day, more cancellations and more cancellations. And yes, I was, I was very much concerned. Um, you know, it was, I don't really feel like sitting at my desk for three or four days. I don't, you know, I really come to the conferences to, for the in-person socialization and the information is secondary. And what happened is, is that element got skimmed away. A great element. It's not, there's nothing wrong with that. These are the, the, Mm -hmm. that's what they want in a conference. That's awesome. Right. So what it left were that people were more interested in information and wanted the information. And then you got a, I got a big push from you and Kelly and Austin on your podcast uh, and people from all over the world who had not been able to afford travel and hotel and food expenses, but had always wanted to come to NORAC because of its high caliber of speakers and all of that. Mm-hmm. So that started happening. And I think in, then what I also noticed is some of the people who canceled came back. Mm. They re-registered. And because what was happening is, is that this was now what conferences were going to be for this year, right? right. It was either going to be this or nothing. Yeah. Um, right. Because th- And there's so much uncertainty, I'm sure, in March and April that everybody was just canceling all their plans. But once you realize that this is like the new normal, you sort of have to adapt. There you go. That was it. That was it. That You, you hit it right on the head, Chris. It became the new normal. It was like, oh. Okay, this this isn't the anomaly. This is what is, and and I if I want to connect up with my friends and and learn astrology, this is the way it is. If there's that's just the way it is. Yeah, there's and, an acceptance that has to happen. Yes. you know that, that or it did happen. You know, it, it's different for everyone. Some people are, it's more resistant to things changing and shifting. And you know, honestly, be straight up here because of what happened on Twitter too. There's other people from past Norwax who visit, you know, saw the announcement and the format and people, you know, they're doubting it, understandably, because it's something new. But, you know, I also have to give a shout out to our past Norwakians, as we call them, you know, that, that they go, no, this could be something. Yeah. So, you know, Laura set this whole thing up, get the train rolling, we're all on the train. But honestly, on the other side of it, there's just people, friends, fellow astrologers, people I know that helped it along too. And it's not, it's not fake. It's right. It's real, right? You know? So that helped. That, yeah, and honestly. they were they were down on the price to begin with, and uh, they wanted us to give them all of the content f- forever and ever. And n- no, that though there are other formats that do that, and I'm uh, that's their format. But this is not Norwex format. We wanted to stick as close to. Uh, our conference format as possible in terms of our policies and, you know, what we did. And so originally it was one week. And then through some conversations, we came to the two-week access. And I I wanted to come back to something though, Chris, and Mm -hmm. that is in my conversation with Kelly this morning, we were, I've been thinking about this. What happened that took this conference from just a bunch of people sitting in their homes watching to the kind of connection we normally have at Norway. How did we jump that chasm? And I realized that there were a couple of components. One is we are a family-run environment. And because we're family, we have this connection with us and we carry that connection. And there's a kind of ease of 
of behavior that we have with each other and an ease of behavior. We've created relationships with the speakers. So the speakers know my children. My children have been at Norwex since they were babies. Jen was born in 83. So she was just um, a year old when Nor- the first Norwex happened. And uh, Aaron was born at the end of 84. So uh, he was a baby the following year. So they have been at Norwex since they were born, basically. And so people know them. And so the speakers know them, the attendees know them. So getting into the chat room, there's this familiarity that starts to happen. We're chatting with them. How are you? Yada, yada. So happy to see you. And then we start seeing veteran Norwakians, right? We're talking to them. They're cross-talking. And all of a sudden, this energy starting to connect. There's this, it almost seemed to me like a web was being woven of energy as people were reaching across to each other, energy, saying hi, connecting up, inviting new people in. And so I think that uh, there was so much foundation of familiarity between the um, Norwakians, uh, the veterans, the speakers who knew them already. Uh, because they've been coming to Norwalk so long. So I think that really helped to create this environment that was not sterile, not stodgy, not isolating, and not cold. There are so many people who have sent me emails. So many people have posted on Facebook their exact feeling. And some people who posted, even at Norwalk or conferences in the past, I felt awkward, overwhelmed, and shy. And I didn't feel like I could step into a group of new people. And that would be me if I went to a conference. I would just go to my room, right, Um, Mm. if I were an attendee. So that's what they were writing. They were like, you know, normally I would just go to my room during lectures. I felt overwhelmed. I just wander the halls, kind of disconnected. And they felt more connected in this environment with this platform than they would have coming into the conference in person. So all kinds of magical things happen that, again, you can't know until it happens. Yeah. One of the things I thought was really interesting was seeing during the live lectures when everybody was attending through Zoom, there was always a lively like chat and discussion between people as the lecture was going on. And Sam Reynolds mentioned once that it was almost like as if we were all sitting in the same lecture room, but you could hear everybody else's thoughts and there was some kind of like telepathic connection between us. Um, but I think that really helped, was an interesting and innovative facet of this that I didn't anticipate that helped to create a greater sense of community and connection between people and was something you wouldn't have normally in a, a standard model of a conference. Right. And people really loved coming back into the classrooms, talking to the speakers, or jumping out of those classrooms and heading on over to the Northwest Ballroom to hang out and chat and um, just, you know, connect with one another, build friendships, um, say hi to old friends, all of that. So I think that was uh, the right choice for me to make so that it wasn't just have the classroom, shut the classroom, right? So that Mm -hmm. there was a place for people to virtually gather. That was the right thing to do. Yeah, and that was the both the challenge, but also where the innovation took place of figuring out how to create a social element to an online conference, since that's such a huge element in Norwalk in general. Um, so even just going ahead with the conference in general, 
was important in terms of helping to foster community. I feel like this year, because Norwalk was one of two big in-person conferences that were supposed to take place prior to COVID in 2020. And the other one is the ESAR conference, which was supposed to happen in Denver in September. But that's seems like it's all still up for discussion. And the official newsletter that they've sent out has said that um, they're not sure if it's going to happen in person. And if it doesn't happen in person, they or they do not think that they want to host an online conference, although we're still waiting to see if that's the final word. Yeah. But that was that was what was important about Norwalk, though, is the fact that you did step up in order to make the entire in-person conference and put the entire conference online, I think was crucial because it could have ended up being or might end up being the only major event that happens in the astrological community this year. So it plays in the United States, yeah. Because the yeah, AA the conference is going to happen in England. And, and I've been in contact with Wendy Stacy, and, and we've talked regularly and supported each other. But I would say this. Um, yes, Norwalk is not a volunteer organization until it's at conference time when volunteers come in and in exchange for doing room monitor work or whatever, they get the conference, right? This mm. was not a volunteer process. Right. I paid people to do this work um, from Nicholas to my kids got paid because they put in hours. Um, the web man, uh, guy, Steve Wolfson, obviously is paid. So, you know, ESAR is built on um, ESAR is built on volunteerism. Right. Organizations are built on volunteerism. And so. For them to convert to a virtual conference won't be as easy or wouldn't be nearly as easy because the level of commitment of hours it will take is beyond what you could really or should really ask of a volunteer. And, and they had pay. a much larger like speaker. Um, they're they're going to have over like 100 speakers or something. And I, how many speakers did you have at Norwalk? I had 30, counting me, 33. Okay. So it's like, that's a lot, but you guys were able to pull it off, but then multiply that by three to like a hundred something like that starts getting like right. a lot to, lot to manage. Yeah. they they We do have a lot of single lectures, a person doing one lecture, but a lot of our people are doing multiples. And that's not something you get as much at the bigger conferences. Uh, because I was the coordinator of UAC 2018, uh, as a thank you, ESAR did give me two lectures for ESAR 2020. Uh, one I earned through voting, and they gave me the second one. Um, so the first one was not given. I was actually up on the charts for that. So um, my point is, is that it would take a lot for them. Uh, they would either have to pay people to do it uh, to to bring that off and have that kind of commitment, or they're going to have to scale it back. And that's why, you know, when you're dealing with one lecture per speaker at, at the highest, you know, mo the majority are doing one lecture, then you're going to have space for more speakers. And that's what they want to do because with ESAR and with UAC, uh, you want to get in as many speakers as possible. It is uh, uh, so that new speakers can be launched and seen. And because UAC is such a, a singular event that happens once every four to six years, you know, you never know when the next one's going to come around and getting, you know, people want to get in. So we, you got to make it so that you can get a higher number of speakers in, you know, so UAC had 170 and ESARs would have had an, or will have a hundred. So managing a hundred speakers 
is very different than managing 30 or 33. Sure. I'm already yeah. thinking, I was just thinking about those of you watching who are speakers, because I got a hold of you to do some tests, you know, what it takes to do that and the tech aspects. And on my end, it was a trying to, to line all that up. And then we're talking about a hundred speakers right now for, for these are, I'm just like, Oh wow. That's because that's in itself, its own job, its own thing. And having to, to have conversations with speakers on the tech end, you know, to, to try to bring the highest quality you can under the circumstances, but under the highest quality you can, like the audio, the visual, just to, because this, that it, you know, something like this, Zoom, any lecture you're doing here virtually, that's a, that's the one of the most important components is the experience. It's not ever going to be the same as it is in person. But since we're mm -hmm. doing this here, you, you have to take that, make the effort, and try to go as pro as possible. In the and, best and way you know can. me, I was like, I just got to get the mechanisms in place. And you and yeah, Greg yeah. were like, no, 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 you no, got to make sure do, all this yeah. stuff is in place. I'm we like, had you guys thing. do it. <laughs> yeah, we had this big ring argument. And then the Greg, you know, Greg and I, you know, we're, we're used to doing audio and, and all this yeah. stuff. But, you know, before we're like, no, we're like, no, 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 we, we got to talk. You know, so those types of things. So you're talking at a that, scale. That was one of my biggest concerns, actually, when it was switched to an online conference. And I think I said a couple of times, as I was like, make sure people get decent microphones and there's some kind of prep because that's always my biggest struggle with the podcast was even if you want to do an interview and somebody has an internet connection, if they speak into a built-in microphone on a laptop or, or a webcam, it, it, when you edit it in post, it really just does not sound good when you listen to it again afterwards. So sometimes like having a an external microphone or buying one is like a necessary thing to get good audio and I knew that would be a stumbling block if people weren't weren't thinking about those things so that was one of your jobs that you like helped coach people on right Nicholas yeah I mean I, I I'm gonna be straight up I still feel like I didn't do the best job I could have but when you're dealing with human beings and you're talking and so little time and so little time right. you can only do so much right and so yeah. you know you yeah. just like hey you know and I'll be honest I mean one of my key I was just trying to charm people speakers watching like, do you want to look good? Do you want to sound good or not? You know, so it's one of those things I had to say. But really, but for our end, because you want to have the best copy, the best. It, this is for the future. This is this is it. You only get one shot, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, it, it's. I mean, I'm really critical of my own work. So I'm like, okay, I could have done this or that, and I thought about it even this morning when I got up. But you know, you you have to make the attempt. So it's like for people out there who are thinking about you know, taking things to another level, you're going to start your own podcast, your own channel, or you're going to maybe do a virtual conference, you know, you got to invest in the equipment the best way you can do the test. You know, if you get an email from somebody like me, you want to do the test. And even though you've done a hundred zooms and you run your own school, you got to do it anyway, you know, and go through the motions because what happened this weekend a couple of times, and I'm glad that I did the test with many speakers. Some of the things I did with them, when challenges did come up, they knew exactly what to do. We knew what to do with them we're in the moment and you, you adapt, you know? So, mm -hmm. so we're, again, to go back to how we started talking about this, we, 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 you know, 30 plus speakers, so on and so forth. And you get to something bigger and it's, that's a huge task. And it is. You, you know, it, it can't like go back to you, Laura, you were talking about volunteer. That's it, a huge task. You, you, you got to pay somebody. You got to take it to that level, you know? You so. do. And the fact that we had all the computers, we hosted all of it here in one location, which is not something I think ESAR can do. Um, it, it it's could, gonna be a big lift for them to get to something, I think. Do I think it can be done? Yes. 
but it's going to take a major restructuring. I had to restructure the ca- the whole schedule. I redid it. Um, luckily, serendipitously, everything fell into place. I mean, is this Jupiter on my sun or what? Yeah, it's stationed <laughs> it right is. there at That's what seven, it is. right? <laughs> yes, it's stationed right on my sun. I thought for a while, Lara, are you overshooting this? Are you biting off more than you can chew? As my mom used to say about Jupiter, she said, you know, Jupiter's, you're biting off more than you can chew, girl. So I thought, well, maybe I am. Maybe I'm Maybe I'm thinking too big. So I tried to keep, you know, realistic sight on things. And when Kelly tried to tell me, oh, this is going to be big. And I was like, no, 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 no. Patricia Walsh tried to tell me. So after the fact, they both, uh, Patricia, of course, being a Sag, was a little bit more vocal. She was like dancing and telling me she told me so. So it's like, but uh, I had no idea, frankly. I was just looking for, can I get back to where I was before number wise? If I could get back the hundred people I lost, I'll be good. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, I just want to be clear here for a second because. Yeah, I just want to be clear because we're we're being honest here about the technical stuff about this conference about what what's going to happen with ESAR and and I don't want it to seem like ESAR can't pull something like this like it off right yeah, I, we, like we I said know. I think it can happen yeah, if yeah they, I think it can if they happen really wanted it to it yeah. could it you presents just, different challenges than Norwalk because it's bigger you scale it though it definitely has to be scaled and there's a different mm-hmm. mindset involved mm-hmm. and and but it can be done it, it's just um you got to get the right pieces in the right order and then you got to then and you got to you got to light be, a candle yeah well and some creative thinking <laughs> yeah. some seriously creative yeah. thinking you know you can't rely on old standard ways of thought with this and you can certainly bring if one if if Norwalk proved one thing i think it proved that and virtual conference can transcend the limitations of a virtual conference energetically, which Mm. is what everyone was most concerned about. I think those people who dropped out were concerned about it. Uh, And I think that um, there are those who have talked about potential for Zoom fatigue by the time ESAR gets here. But if ESAR is the only next conference until NORWAC, next 2021 it's an important conference yeah well and that's the problem and that's that's actually to me what made norwalk even more important is let's just say hypothetically esar doesn't happen and at least in terms of esar us conferences that's it for that's it the next year so it actually served a very important social component in the astrological community this year and also um many new speakers get their start at norwalk I got my start at Norwalk, my first major conference talk way back in 2000, what was it, five, 2006, was at a Norwalk. I started off as a, a room monitor and I volunteered helping to set the bookstore up with mm-hmm. uh, Aaron, your son, when I was living in Seattle in 2005, going to Kepler. Um, but there were a number of new speakers that gave really important and innovative talks this year, like uh, Diana Rose Harper, Bear River. Caitlin Kopic and the fact that Norwalk was still able to take place and still able to host the presentation of of people like that was really important and I think crucial for the community. Absolutely. These people and whether it's ESAR, it's Norwalk or another major conference, this is where speakers get launched. You know, this is where the chance happens. Hmm. Right? And so uh 
it, it is a it's an important place for those things to occur. There's just so many reasons why conferences are important. I'm not just talking about Norwalk. I mean, conferences in general, they're important to our community. It's how we gather. It's how lo- it's not just about the gathering. It's not just about the learning. There are a lot of elements involved in why conferences are so important and why I'm passionate about them. I'm not passionate, just passionate about them because it's what I do for a living. I do it for a living because I'm passionate about it. You know, that's that's what I do. And and I've done non-astrology conferences that I, I coordinated a public health conference for 10 years. And I stuck with it because I was passionate about bringing my type of brand of conferencing to kind of stuck and stodgy um, public health conference and change the face of this public health conference that had been also going on for 30 years in the state of Washington. So I'm passionate about how people connect. I'm passionate about how learning is elevated when we are connecting to one another. Connections are everything. So that's why it's our motto. And, and sometimes unexpected developments come out of astrology conferences in the astrological community. Like I'm trying to think of, I know Project Hindsight came out of like a mm-hmm. series of dinners at a United Astrology Conference in Washington, D.C. in like 1992. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some of the early talks about Kepler College were promoted or at least announced at some early conferences, I think, in the 90s, even if it that was It was 91 a- in July of 91 in Chicago, in Rosemont. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. I think like AFAN was founded out of like a walkout of like an AFA conference it or was. something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so stuff happens sometimes um, that you don't anticipate and isn't planned, but there's little like effects that bounce off of conferences that have sometimes very important and long lasting ramifications. Absolutely, no question. the The unintended unintended good consequences of all kinds of things. It is the ripple effect. Every action ripples out into the world, and you may or may not see the effects it has uh, in, in, as it ripples into the future, as it ripples out into our environment. You know, even during the conference, okay, there's never going to be anything like this experience we just had. <laughs> no, no. <And> he, he, <laughs> right. I don't think so. Yeah. Example, we have the panel on Sunday, the 2020 panel. Okay. Chris, I've never seen you We've all seen you. We watch your podcast. We know you personally, right? We all have experience. Everybody's got their own experience with you. You're out there. You know, you're public face, a lot of people. You know, I've never seen you do what you did there on Sunday. There's the technical aspect, I knew the slides, everything, the premise. But what I felt from you yeah, and what we all felt from you energetically yeah. coming through virtually, we're not in the room together. We're virtually there. I've never seen you. I've never seen that part. That part of you. I've never seen. And you know, the reason why I'm bringing this up, Chris, because first of all, I love you, and I'm glad that you were you were able to be on the panel. You know. Yeah. But that whole but a whole panel, Demetra, every single person had something profound to say. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it all had to do with our adaptability, with surviving, and going on and pushing forward as astrologers, as human beings. You know, and, and you know, you you create a space in person or virtually. Things do happen. You know, people step up whether they know it or not. We all step up and we start to, you know, we're connected. But you know, Chris, I gotta say, I, I we it was. I go, is this me? Am I just getting the tears? I was, well enough? I was starting I, to cry with yeah, what you and, said. You and, really touched my heart. Then that yeah. I wasn't the only one, and neither was Nicholas. Yeah, so in the chat, everything. 
So, you know, there's It was these, amazing. It's amazing, Chris. And and, and the, the moments like this, because we're talking about moments of what happens in certain mm-hmm. places. And then what happens afterwards, everyone's changed. You're changed. I'm changed. Laura's changed. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's went to this conference has changed. We're in unpre- unprecedented times. You know, we're, what we're doing, what has happened to the world. You know, but it also shows resiliency and hope and faith starts to show up. It's basic human things. And I caught that from you. I caught that from you, Chris, in the panel. And I caught it from Demetra, from Patricia, and Judith. You know, so um, I just had to say that. I I I, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that too, Nicholas. That was amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I was just trying to also remember it was Sunday and it was like one of the final last panels. And I was trying to remember from previous years, some very inspirational speeches that I've heard at Norwalk and how that's always such an important and sometimes like either inspiring or uplifting or just um, really interesting points, especially by, you know, Rob Hand would often for many years, like give one of the final speeches on Norwalk that would be mm-hmm. very deep and very thought-provoking and stuff. And so I was just trying to think of and like take some inspiration from those early Norwalk experiences that I had and sort of pay that, pass that forward to- Well, you to, did it. You yeah. definitely did it. Yeah. And then, you know, then that wasn't even the end. You know, yeah. right. we closed out with Sam, who Samuel right, Reynolds, Sam. who just took it to this other- the highest level like we all did we're all there we're just coming off from the panel and then we go straight in you know anyway from the beginning from the pre-conference all the way to to the closing you know it it just built and even on our end is working we're grinding and you know it's it's not the same thing as for people attending but we could feel it but we just have to keep going but when we got to the end and sam's sam's keynote you know and and then we had time afterwards i didn't know we were gonna have the type of conversation i didn't either i just i i was like oh my god we got 30 minutes left what are we going to talk about okay let's talk about diversity (laughs) yeah so that was awesome and it was a 30 minute great conversation about um certainly the how norwak has been at the forefront of building diversity on a multitude of levels uh, in in the astrology community, and we will continue to do that. You know, I was I was originally slated to do two lectures. Uh, I dropped one because I was like, "That's just not going to happen." And I thought I should have dropped the second one, but I kept with it. And I'm so glad I did. I thought I was going to be tired, and the reason I wasn't tired is because I woke up <laughs> and smelled the coffee and thought, "I can't do all this I'm doing." So that's when I handed it off to Whitney. And so at least I had the resources to do my Sunday lecture. And um, it was it was great. It was well attended. And, yeah. How was yeah. the attendance? It seemed like some, I don't know if you can say like official numbers, but it seems like ultimately early fears that this would be much less people would attend or it could be a disaster didn't pan out and instead didn't, it was the opposite. Yeah, it didn't pan out at all. And again, by no means... Do I minimize what I'm about to say? And I mean it with all sincerity. I wouldn't, it wouldn't have grown as rapidly without you, Chris, and you talking about Norwalk and the importance of conference and the importance of community and the people around the world who listened to you and your podcast um, jumped on and uh, they came in great droves of numbers. So, um, you know, right now, the, uh, I know the, count that I'm looking at at my computer is wrong, 
Uh, I have uh, because I think there's some single days that are missing. But I'll give you the honest numbers. We had 775 people registered full conference. Okay. We wow. had 70 plus, probably 70 to 80 of uh, additional people who were scattered throughout the day. So that's not counting them single by day. That's one person might have had a Saturday. One person might have had a Sunday. Somebody might have had a Friday, Saturday. Somebody. I counted up the individuals. So there's 70 plus people there. So that's 800 and almost 850 um, and so, um, the vendors attended and paid. So that was, uh, so you're looking at 845 with the, um, mixed dailies and the full conference. And then you've got the vendors. So you're at, um, 850. Laura, what then, is it? What's the max at the hotel? If we yeah, were in the person, max like, at the hotel, I can take is four seventy five. That's what will fit into the ballroom, and so I have to cap it at four seventy five full conference every day. So I have to manage that. And overall, last year throughout the conference, we had five hundred and twenty five because not all of them were full conference. But every day, we did not have any more than four hundred and seventy five people in the in the hotel for the conference. And this year with speakers and that, and that 475 has to include the speakers. Cause every, you know, if they're going to be in a room, I have to count who's going to be in seats. So, um, the total number, which is, I think undercounted a little bit is 600, excuse me, 967 individuals, um, with speakers Sweet. and all. So easily yeah. at least double what you would normally yeah. do in a maxed out year, which last year was the very first time you've yeah. even maxed maxed out. Now, yes, and so we have the room counts and the counts from the um, plenary, and a big significant portion from around the planet uh, are watching right now in their homes. They're watching post right. So we had right. about five fifty to six hundred of that number show up. Yeah, I remember watching the live during some of the the big meetings where everybody was in the, like the plenary talks. There was 550, 600 people yep. watching live it seemed like often. Yep. Yep. And there's no way we would ever have that at a Norwalk. There's right. no way. There's never going to be 500 to 600 people in a in a ballroom, not in the hotel we're using. And we had never intended for really for Norwalk to be that big. We like that sort of kind of boutique uh, feeling of family feeling where, you know, when you walk in and that's not always going to be somebody's experience, you know, people are shy and awkward and, and they don't feel like they fit in and even in that environment. But as long as we provide that environment for them, then, you know, the rest is up to them. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too, right? We went virtual and I saw plenty, I saw plenty of tweets and comments on social media. You know, it's people from all over the world. They, can, they, they can't make it to Norway. No, they can't. A plane ticket. It's exp you know, expensive to do any conference, honestly, you know, so, you know, the, it, it's, it's to, to attend one, you know, so yeah. that's just the other golden thing about this is, is these, all these people from all over the world, you know, how many comments I saw from people like I would have never been able to, to go over to Norway over again, you know, and, right. and then to bring back to what you say about people are different. Some people are more shy. There's plenty of people out there who aren't is so extroverted or maybe don't do well in groups in person. 
you know, but this is a place they, this is something they can do and the comfort of their home. They feel secure enough and they could still get the knowledge. They could still have the interaction and, and, you know, and it still have the experience, their experience. Absolutely. So So what we're going to do for 2021, I'm not real sure. I mean, it's a day after the conference. Um, I've got enough voices speaking in both of my ears to tell me to do a dual conference and I'm not inclined. Um, to try to do a hybrid where it's partially in person again, but also partially online? It's still on the table. And the reason why it is sitting closer to the edge of the table to fall off mm. is that we will end up running two satellite conferences in the same space at the same time. Right. So there's the in-person conference happening, and there is a online conference happening. How to get those two merged together is the deal. Otherwise, you're making me nervous. You're making me nervous right now. Just talking about this. It's. I, it's, I, I have I, to make these decisions, I and it's know. like, how are we? You know, it's like Demetra was like, well, can, can't we bring cameras into the into the lobby and bring screens in and have? And then it's like, okay, then people in their homes are just watching people in a bar have fun. How is that fun? So I, sure. I haven't quite put it together yet, and certainly anybody who's got a grand idea can certainly email me. Yeah. And when you're going to have to do it, you don't have a ton of time, right? In terms of making a decision like you've got, because you said like over the summer, like right now, very soon by June is usually when you would start doing like speaker applications. And I think you said you launched, was it in September last year that you launched registration for the in-person conference? Yeah. I've got to do advertising and all of that has to be set in motion by July and August. And sometimes okay. even sooner for the mountain astrologer, I've got to have my ads. I've got to get a, in touch with my ad designer, graphic designer. I've got to um, call through um, the names of speakers that have already reached out to me for 2021, uh, then go through my lists and see who I want to bring back. You know, I have this sort of in the back of my brain. I want to bring a, back a lot of people that were this year so that attendees can have a chance to meet them. Mm. You know, uh, I, I just don't know yet. The way my brain works, I have Uranus on the Ascendant in the 12th. It inconjuncts Mercury. And so I have to let things go. I have to let things go and they will come to me as to how it should be. And it usually comes in time that I have to make the decision. I will know what I need to do. And so I take in, and my husband is very creative. So he's been going, well, maybe you could do it this way. Maybe you can do it this way. And so I told him this morning, I said, it's great that you're sharing your ideas with me. Something will click. I said, something you say, something somebody else will say, it'll be a combination of things. Something will click and I'll know what I need to do. Sure. Um, and and we still don't know what's going to happen with the virus and we with don't. public, yeah, just all sorts of things. At, at least in terms of where we'll be exactly May of 2021, and needing to know those details before, ideally, before like fully committing to things. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, yeah, that's a huge thing because even as the president of WASA, I'm having a hard time getting people to commit to next year to what's that going to look like? We don't know. And so, you know, I may have this problem with Norwalk and there may be the potential for having some of our speakers zoom into the conference versus, 
you know, we'd put them up on a screen, they would zoom in if that becomes an issue and we're still having the in-person conference. So I just don't, there's just so many unknowns, Chris. It's, it throws me right. back to what I was experiencing in March where just so much unknown, so much unknown and trying to make a decision in the face of so much unknown is really hard. That does remind me, though, in March, I meant to thank you guys because you, you mentioned WASA, the Washington State Astrological Association, which are, is the local group and astrology group in Seattle that you're the president of. And I remember we were trying to figure out what to do that month with our local meeting. And you were the first group I remember in the country that announced that you were switching your meeting online and you would not be meeting up in person. Um, and there was still like, it wasn't clear yet because this is like slightly before the lockdowns fully went into place. But you guys kind of led the way there by yeah, we did. I did. We did our first um, meeting in March was webinar. It was okay. a it was a Zoom, all Zoom, and so we've done March, April, May, and we'll do June. Lisa, yeah, because yeah. you actually March was you did a lot. I did it. I and was. Then it was, was it you Rick? Did, okay. Rick it was, was Rick, Levine Rick Levine in April, and then Bear, Bear in May, Bear, and then and Lisa, Lisa in June. Lisa Scheim next month in June yep. is speaking for mm -hmm. WASA. Um, so yeah, and then we followed your lead with the Denver Astrology Group right that on. month, and Ariel Gutman still came out, and we still streamed it from um, our studio because she didn't have a good enough internet connection to do it at home. But that ended up working out well, so that we were still able to hold our meeting. Of course, I got sick like right after that, so uh, probably running out to get like food for us that week was probably a bad call. Um, but it was still an early like prelude to Norwalk, which probably gave you guys a little bit more experience leading up to doing like a, a massive version of that. I suppose you know it's it's one Zoom uh, per month. Uh, the class, the I host the. Zoom room for the lecture, and then the speaker hosts the workshop, so they have control over the workshop, and they can close it down and do their thing and and that sort of thing. Okay. So um, that goes to the thing we were talking about earlier. We were talking about earlier, like we've all had to like figure stuff out with tech here. You know, yeah, if we're thinking about been, right. And I've been yeah. teaching at Soulwise. I've been teaching with Soulwise now since uh, September, so that gave me some experience that I didn't have. And so we had already determined a distance learning process, a all virtual learning environment before COVID even happened. So yeah, all of that gave, I think underneath it all gave me the confidence, some level of confidence, obviously to make the decision and move forward. But I got to tell you, I really, I really didn't, f I, I don't like it when I, when I hear people say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I didn't feel like I had a choice and I know I had a choice. I know I did, but financially I was up against the wall, right. and um, that wasn't workable. I was like, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I was like, husband, if things go really bad, because um, we keep our accounts separate, mm -hmm. we're we don't we don't merge our money. That was the agreement, and we both were like, yeah, this is the way we're going to do this. So I was like, um, if if uh, if things go really bad, um, I'm going to be the dependent wife. <laughs> He's like, I got you, babe. I got you. Yeah, he was probably thinking that was a good idea about March, keeping those two separate at that at that point. Maybe yes, I don't know. absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> but absolutely, no, we're I, all good with I, it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what was I going to say? So, right now, one of the things that's really interesting is that the conference 
while technically over, actually isn't over for most of the attendees. Because one of the weird things that's happening that I was actually doing last night as I relaxed was I was going back and watching lectures that I missed because that's one of the unique and innovative things about this conference that, again, is probably going to end up being groundbreaking in the long term, but that you people were not just able to attend the lectures live like you would at a normal conference through Zoom, but you could also you have access to all of the lectures from the entire conference for the next two weeks after the conference ends if you are a conference attendee. So everybody is not just watching other lectures that they missed right now, but there's also like I know AFAN is organizing watch mm-hmm. parties. So groups of people of attendees are getting together yeah, and watching t- certain lectures. Let me tell lectures. you how we're doing that because I'm connected to that, obviously, because it's Norwalk. Okay. So Patricia's launching a watch party, uh, on uh, and AFAN's going to do a watch party. So if you are uh, registered, you were you were registered for any part of Norwalk, uh, and there is a uh, we will have access through the login website. So let's say you only registered for Saturday, but AFAN's got a Friday um, gig going from a Friday lecture. I'm sorry, you won't be able to see it because it'll be done through the website. You'll go to whatever pages you have available to you based on what you paid for, and you would will put up the Zoom link with that lecture, just like we did in the beginning for each class, and you'll click through to their Zoom. One of them will be a Norwalk room uh, that Patricia is hosting. And one will be an AFAN room that AFAN's going to host. They will put out a schedule. I'll send out an email blast to all of the Norwalk attendees, letting them know this is happening. Uh, Patricia's room, since it's a, a Norwalk room, will hold 500 people. So there's no limit for her. I don't know what um, AFAN's room will hold. It might only hold 100. Uh, don't know how many people are going to join, but it's it's going to be a fun endeavor. They'll pick different lectures. Uh, Patricia's going to pick her favorites that she had missed and wants to share them with other people, like, you know, a drive-in movie from your car, right? So her thing is, you know, sit in your jammies and grab a bucket of popcorn and let's watch the lecture and then have a discussion afterwards. And she's going to invite speakers in. So I know she's choosing mine for Thursday next week. And so after the lecture, I'll pop in after the viewing and then we can all talk. So it's going to be fun. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I love that. That's really great. It's one of the interesting additional nuances and ways that it was developing a sort of community setting, even though everybody's in different places all over the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also a lot of great social media stuff going on with Thank people you, on, on Twitter. Yeah, that was well, largely Rashonda. driven yes. by Nicholas. <laughs> who, who was the other person? Rashonda Jefferson. Yeah, Rashonda Jennifer. And Jen Gerking or Jen yeah. Upton, I'm sorry, my daughter's Upton. Yeah, Jen. So that was I... yeah. So that was the social media team. It was Jen on Facebook and Instagram. Nicholas on Facebook. Um, I was doing Instagram stories and and a lot of other weird right. Things. And then Rashonda on Twitter. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it was yeah, a great they... team effort. Absolutely amazing. Social media was great. On Twitter, you can follow the hashtag um, Norwak2020, and there was just tons of discussions going on, especially with people either during or coming out of lectures, quoting things that they loved. Um, there was this really amazing Twitter account that's new that was on Twitter that was at Cosmos and Psycho that was doing like memes of things that they learned during different lectures, which I know a really? lot of people. I'm so <laughs> not a Twitter person. I'm gonna have somebody's gonna have to show me how to do this stuff. Yeah, I, think I can I'll find these stories. Get into it. Stuff. Yeah, but here are some of the 
sort of random memes, us promising ourselves we wouldn't cry during Sam Reynolds' lecture. <laughs> uh, just about um, uh, every sort of means. Ptolemy's, Ptolemy's lo- logic regarding the lot of fortune representing finances, and there's a picture of a guy throwing it in the trash, and Ben Dykes' name is over the guy. <laughs> Lots of funny things like that that won't make sense if you're listening to the audio version, but you can check out that Twitter account. Um, other things that went really well, I know Wade Caves was the MC, and he did an amazing mm-hmm. job hosting mm-hmm. and introducing the entire conference. That went, he was great. Um, that was his first time hosting, right? Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So Norwalk's going to rotate um, MCs around. Uh, that was our goal uh, coming into this year. So if you don't see uh, an MC coming back right away, it has nothing to do with their quality or their ability. Uh, my next goal is to get a woman MC. We've only had one woman MC in 35 years, 36 years, and that was Gloria Starr. Mm. So it's time to find sure. a woman who can be the face uh, up there during the plenary. So that's my goal. Okay. And for the opening and closing, um, your good friend did that for the opening of opening circle and closing circle? Yes. Patricia did the opening. It was gorgeous, beautiful, uh, perfect. And then she closed the ceremony, closed the circle for us with beautiful imagery. Uh, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And Couldn't then, ask for anything better. Yeah, that was really good. And then normally Greg Nalbandi and your brother runs the bookstore. I did see him running one of the Zoom rooms, but what was he doing? Was this his main thing, or we had talked early on about a Zoom uh, trade at uh, the Zoom trade show, and uh, that was also an innovative element, putting the vendors in and getting them hooked up, as I said earlier. And we talked about him revamping his um, tired, sorry, Greg, tired website into something that's a bit more modern and doing something. And he seemed pretty excited about it, but then it was he got so focused on. He does this. He got so focused on producing the conference, which he helped me with, that he took that on. And 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 I could have gotten somebody to, you know, host the room instead of him, and he could have focused on that. But I think it was right for what it was. Um, I'm not sure how well a virtual bookstore would have done in the face of that anyway. You sure. know, the vendors did all right, but not great. A yeah, virtual who bookstore. Were some of your some of your vendors were, um, I know the Almanac team uh, were there. Honeycomb? Were one of, yeah, Honeycomb, uh, Personal Astrological yep. Almanac is also one of our sponsors, but I know they were there because they're unveiling like a new version of their Almanac that they're coming out with soon. Um, who are the other vendors? Zodi Collection, uh, actually, uh, Deck and Mount. Zodi, the Zodi uh, Is it Zodi? Yeah. I they, thought it, yeah. they corrected me to Zodi. Oh, Zodi? Really? Yeah. I could be wrong. I'm paranoid. They're, they're getting a double plug. Yes, they are. <laughs> Zodi, they do a deck and map. We had yeah. um, Astrolabe software, Astrograph um, time passages. We had Bradley Narragon and his beautiful art. Uh, he said he got some sales. We had Sandy Ruby and her intention beads. I love Sandy. She's great. Yep. We had, uh, mm-hmm. let me go to the website and take I a I guess peek. I should say this one. We had Astrology University. Yes, we had yeah, Astrology we University. Yeah. We had Kepler College. Um, we had uh, time passages. Yeah, I said that Astrograph oh, time okay, passages. We had them. Astrograph Astrology University. 
Hannah Garonic Creations, Honeycomb Collection, Tension Beads, Kepler Call, Luna Astrology, another software they were launching. Uh, they had launched a couple of years ago at Norwalk, Portland nice. School of Astrology, Tarot with Katie K, and then the Zodi uh, Astrology Deck and Map. Those were our, our vendors. And they had, um, uh, they had each, most of them had produced a demo video. I posted that. They had um, Zoom rooms with times available to go see them. Uh, they had uh, links to uh, to use discount codes to buy software or or other products uh, that they were selling. So I I do think that if Esar is able to do something, they sh- should should I use that word? Nobody likes to be should on. Um, no, I mean it's good to pass that information forward now that you've tried yeah. and, and learned. Yeah, and I think we can learn from it, and I think the vendors learn from it. Um, Bradley started a thread with the vendors because he wanted to hear how everybody did, and so I'm getting feedback from the different vendors uh, of how they did. And you know, they had their ads in seven rooms running in front of hundreds and hundreds of people every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch, running the ads um, in the rooms before they opened mm-hmm. or before yeah. the lect- lecture before started. Before the lecture started, mm-hmm. absolutely. So um, I think that was really important uh, for them. So they got full advertisement. They had a vendor room, and they got to go to the conference. And so I think that was a, I think that was good for them, right? So yeah, I'm gonna go back to I guess things happen so fast. I think also you know with G- Greg doing the other responsibilities to put together a website at a certain in a certain yeah, way. Yeah, two months. Yeah, well, I did. We, yeah, I know, it, but it's. I think it's a different dynamic it's because di- it is. we're dealing with actual and, books. He would have to, yeah. yeah. So, but we talked about it behind the scenes, and he already has it in his head for next year. Even though it could be in person, to still have this new site and stuff, so it's coming down the pipeline. Well, bug him, pester him to get his website done, and he should. You know. These are the conversations we have behind the scenes. At, yes. Yeah, I like it. It's yes. a work, working progress. Yes. Um, and, and speaking of books, you actually created a book list, Nicholas, for a list of like all the speakers' books that was really great on your website, uh, which is sparklesofgold.com. And the title I gotta, was just- I gotta, Excuse me. I got to be real here. I did a little bit of that, but but uh, dasmannatalie.com, that's my partner, she came up with a lot of that. and. Um, she helped me do that. Yeah, I thought this was brilliant, and it links to what's the website that you use because then it, um, yeah, some of the proceeds go to like a local bookstore. Yeah, it, it the referral links. So just like Amazon has referral link stores for people, but this, this bookshop.org lets you have a storefront. You don't provide the books; you just get a little referral link. Where it takes you is to the closest independent bookstore where the book is. Okay. So the independent bookstore is getting a cut, and the percentages of it, the whole concept is to help independent bookstores, not not the big ones, not Amazon, whatever. It's to help that. And so for me, I just was like, I'm going to put this together. Plus, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, no one bought a book on there the whole weekend. People clicked over, and that's cool because they're finding out about books. But in, and I was just, mm-hmm. I'm into the philosophy of it all, right? And and sure, and all it's that intention. And, you yeah. have the intention for it, and that's yeah. great. So, yeah. yeah. So, as to whether people were going to buy books, that was a whole other thing. But I think what's happening right now is people are buying the, excuse me, the crap out of audio, and it's yeah, audio that's... only. It's audio only right now with slides. And I just um, created a new account for Vimeo. All the video is going to go up there. Mister okay. Sparkles of Gold is going to work on that. 
and uh, <laughs> Nicholas, and uh, we will be selling video as well. Okay. And this but, goes back. This yeah. goes back. Go let's go back to the beginning of this conversation to get it straight because you were asking what Greg was doing behind the scenes, and that's another thing he was doing besides the this other is, stuff. Is yeah. he was editing he the all the audio for this? Mm-hmm. So this is all Greg, okay. you know, editing the audio like he does every year, not not just for this year, but all the audio in the past of Norwalk. And he, there's a huge archive that Greg. Yeah, has. we haven't even gotten to it yet. Yeah. I've got 2018, 2019. Hang on, I got a cough. Right, because there's like 36 years of conferences that you've been yeah. doing recordings of. Yes, and some of them from the early days were old tape recorders, the little tape cassette players, um, and uh, okay. the the <laughs> quality is pretty poor. So like we have cuneiform tablets, like yes, the, some exactly. of the older lectures. That, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody was in the corner chipping as somebody right. was talking. They were getting it all down. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> that was like ni- 1986, 1987. I imagine that that's what it was like. Yeah. I still have one of those fragments. <laughs> yeah. We still have the old tapes. We have the old original tapes. They're being digitized. Um, we usually wait until somebody requests something from the old catalog. If it hasn't been digitized, we digitize it. But there are folks that have passed, you know, that we have a lot of audio of and um, people that have retired and no longer lecturing. So we're working on all of that to get it up on the website. It'll be a very extensive catalog of audio, and it's a lot of work to get it done. So we're, we're working on it, and Greg's going to be working on it. And uh, I am considering if this is brand new, what I'm about to say. Nicholas okay. doesn't even know. Um, if in the next two days you would like to purchase the conference at the conference rate, you will have two weeks to watch the video. Okay. Yeah. I think the idea of doing a conference package is a brilliant idea. If you do decide to go forward with that, just because having access to everything and be able to watch all of that at once, especially the video versions would be brilliant. Yeah. And so we will have right now, the platform is to use the website for that. And I have a website that can determine your two weeks when it's up, when you register, and when it goes dark. And then that is a pre that is access, not owning. And then we have to yet determine whether the purchase of videos will be an ownership thing or a forever access thing. You know, will you be able to download it, or will you just have perpetual access to it? if you purchase, if you buy it. So that has yet to be determined. It'll all be through the Vimeo platform, which I know nothing about. So this will be another learning curve for me to figure out. But for those of you who are listening, um, if in the next few days uh, you feel like, you know what, I really, I really missed out. I really wanted to go to this conference. I know it's done, but if you are willing to register for the price of the conference, then you will have your two weeks. Okay, awesome. And in terms and in terms of other than that, the audios are available immediately right now for purchase. Audios and it's the are, yeah. Audio and it comes with like the PowerPoint slides that the speaker used. Yeah, I would say 98% of them have slides. There's a few Austin Copic who have not sent me their slides. Oh, um, I'm gonna have to hassle him. Yes, please. Okay. And then there are some that didn't use them, like Jessica Lignato didn't use slides. 
The how to become a professional astrologer was a great conversation, and we did not use slides. Stephen Forrest only had one slide, and really he didn't use it, so his keynote was without. And and really, you know, uh, uh, Sam Samuel Reynolds is, was without. So there's a few that do not have slides because they weren't used. Sure. So, but but ninety, I'd say ninety eight percent of them have slides, and they're included. Okay. They're bundled in the. So when you click on the thing purchase it, you get a receipt that has a download link. When you download that inside the zip file is the audio and the PDF of the slides. I'm glad okay. you're doing that, Laura, because even during the conference, I was getting personal personal messages, you know, uh, and I saw messages coming through our social media because it was after like, can I do, can I buy a two week, you know, viewing period after the conference? So, um, you know, I just yeah, you're I'm gonna saying do, this I'm, out. I'm going to do it. And yeah, I've got people great. in my email. I've got to go through and find them that were interested in this. And if it's just a handful, it's a handful. That's fine. I, you know, if it's more than that, then awesome. I have to talk to my web guy tomorrow to make this happen because the website's still, it's his birthday today. So happy birthday, Steve. Thank you, Steve. And uh, the, so he has to, we have to just reconfigure the website a little bit so that people can get access. And those of you who went to Norwalk who are looking for their slides and you don't want to buy audio, you don't have to buy the audio to get the slides. All you have to do is go back, log in, and right above or below the video, I think it's right below the video, in between the video and the description of the lecture is where the um, PDFs live. So all you have to do is click on that and the PDF pops up and then you can print it or copy it to your computer. Okay. Yeah, there so, it is. So yeah. it's right below the video. Cool. Yep. Yeah, that, that was a great system. The, Steve did a great job on the website. It was a really nice website and it was very flawless because I've done my own websites for a long time. So I know how there's like a spectrum of how well this could have gone versus like <laughs> how badly it could have gone. And it yes. definitely <laughs> ended up going way more smoothly than I expected. Yeah, it's, uh, we used uh, uh, a plugin called Restricted Content Pro. Okay. And so it had all the, pl it had, this plugin had everything. And Easy Digital Download is made by the same company as Restricted Content Pro. So mm. you just set up your different levels of registration. In there, it's memberships, but you set up your different level of registrations. You know, if you bought Friday, then that's what you get. You get Friday. If you bought the whole conference, then you have access to everything that's available in the content. So, and is Easy Digital Download the plugin you're using for the audio sales now on the website? Yes, yes. Okay, got it. Yeah, that's what I use as well. Awesome. Um, well, that's amazing. What is the plan for next year? I guess we've talked about that a little bit. We've talked about recording. I'm just trying to make sure there's not anything else we um, forgot. Is there anything that we need to mention either about the future or dates to look out for? Um, do you, have a, do you have a mailing list or anything for Norwalk I for do. Um, I need to talk to Steve about this. It's not directly on the front page. If you go to the front page, I don't think the the um, where you sign up for the mailing list is up front, which is kind of strange. It's not. Yeah, so if you, you go click, to another page. You, you see, click no, on any page, but it should be on the front, to be yeah, honest, you, somewhere. If, if, but right now, if you go to like the contact page, then over on the mm -hmm. right, there's a little mm -hmm. form and you can fill that out in order to yeah. get on the ma mailing list. That way, if there are announcements about, let's say, the audio or announcements about future dates when Norwak is announced for next year, mm -hmm. then they'll they'll get the heads up. Yeah, but since we haven't had it on the front page, I've almost had no 
new signups into my mailing list. So that's a note I have to make is to talk to him about that. It needs to be somewhere in the front so people can see it. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. just another thing. But yeah, I, I think, think that, thing to do number 237. Yeah, 230. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me for this today. This has been great. And I, I wanted to do this, uh, even though you're so exhausted and it's been a long couple of months and a long week just to document this because I felt like this is a historic event. I felt really major Saturn and Aquarius vibes going on from, you know, going from a 35-year in-person conference to suddenly doing something online, and lots of interesting things came out of that. And I just wanted to get some of that documented and share it with our listeners and also for people in the future. It'll probably be interesting, you know, because years from now, who knows what the standard will be. People will be doing VR conferences or what have you. And this will sound, you know, very quaint like the first time we did <laughs> an online conference, but at least it will have been documented of, you know, what happened. Oh, that's funny. It will be. You're right. I didn't even think of that. At some point, this is going to be aw. That's so cute. Yeah. Well, they yeah. This that. is like a, this is like the Ford Model <laughs> T like version of the car or something like that, or the transition point from horses to what do they call them? Like yeah, uh, buggies or, or yeah. what have you? Like well, yeah, yeah. horseless carriages, basically. Horseless carriage. Yeah, that's it. Horseless yeah. carriages. Yeah. So <laughs> my brother says I'm 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 Neil Armstrong. <laughs> I landed on the moon. I don't right. feel that way, but you know, it was innovative. We, it was, it was forced innovation. It, it was necessity meets invention, right? Isn't that what they say? Necessity is the mother of invention, right? Yeah, I love that innovation as a result of necessity. That's a very good, a very good Saturn and Aquarius themes. Isn't I think it? we're we're getting it, and this is only the very beginning of Saturn and Aquarius. So yeah. who knows what else awaits over the next two two to three years? But this has been a nice preview of that. Well, I'm glad we did it, and I'm glad you um, asked us to do this. It was great. It was lovely talking to you, and I know my inbox is now filled with 100 emails. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I've ignored them. <laughs> well, I will let you get back to that. Thank you, and, and thanks, Nicholas, for everything you did to help get this together and promote the conference and everything else. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys again next year for Norwalk 2021. Yep. We'll be there. Brilliant. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Astrology Podcast, and we will see you again next time. Thanks to the patrons who helped to support the production of this episode of the Astrology Podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, shout out to patrons Christine Stone, Nate Craddock, Marin Altman, Arena Tudor, Thomas Miller, Christina Caudill, and Bear River, as well as the AstroGold Astrology app available at astrogold.io the Portland School of Astrology at portlandastrology.org, and the Honeycomb Collective Personal Astrological Almanacs, available at honeycomb.co. The production of this episode of the podcast is also supported by the International Society for Astrological Research, which is hosting a major astrology conference in Denver, Colorado, September 10th through the 14th, 2020. More information about that at isar2020.org. And finally, also Solar Fire Astrology software, which is available at alabe.com, and you can use the promo code AP15 for a 15% discount on that software. For more information about how to become a patron of the Astrology Podcast and help support the production of future episodes while getting access to subscriber benefits like early access to new episodes or other bonus content, go to patreon.com/astrologypodcast.